Splish splash, I was taking a bath. Hello, welcome to episode 98 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Good to see you. Good to see you, Adrian Trott, Ariel Carmendi. Welcome back to those who are back, and welcome to those who are new. I think they're... uh, there are a lot of people starting to warm up. It only took us 98 episodes or 97 so far to to uh, get some get some traction. We're closing in on the hundredth episode. I'm quite excited. That means that yeah. means almost two years of the KT Confidential podcast. So that's well, I, I look forward to being able to do them back in the office in the studio. Yes. This yes, whole, me too. Yeah, this whole Zoom thing is. Like I suppose convenient given the circumstances, but it's not fun. It's not as fun. It's not the same. The quality is not as good, whether it's audio or video, um, you know. So we apologize to those of you that have been listening regularly over the last six months that it's it's not quite the same, but we're still giving you great content and uh, you should still look forward to listening or watching every week. And I do have a number of people that talk to me on a regular basis that say, I listen to you every single week because I think you guys put out great content, I'm interested. And I've said this before, a lot of people love real estate. They're interested in real estate. What's happening in the market? You know, what can they do to improve their home? What can, you know, they might be thinking of buying or selling or upgrading or renovating is like real estate is at the center of most people's lives real estate and food those are the two things that everybody has in common that's what drives our economy real estate and food that's true there you go that's true so uh today is monday september the 28th can you believe the month is almost over like we're almost into october listen i can't believe that the year is has gone so quickly. And I know. It's like I know. It's been a very, very interesting year uh, for everybody. But we've made do. We've been super busy, which was great, not expected um, from many. But it yeah. was extremely busy. June, July, August, September. If we combine those four months, they have been our biggest four months as a company ever. Yes. And who would have thought coming out of and still in the pandemic that real estate would be taking off uh, as much as it has us, us, we did, we predicted it. If you you go back, if you go back uh, 16 episodes, we predicted it. Yeah. And here we are living it. We certainly did even more than 16 episodes. We were already talking about it in April and May. Um, Now I'm going to go off on our actual topic just a little bit to talk about what's happening in the marketplace. Um, But the main topic for today are homes with pools and pools in general, because we get a lot of inquiries now. Um, And in fact, I had a client the other day just mention that he can't believe how much homes with pools have drawn attention. So we're listing a property that can easily accommodate a pool and all of the comparable homes have pools. And I'm looking at it going, 
your home doesn't have a pool. And he's like, are pools in demand? Like, I can't believe how much pools are in demand. And, and they are. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. But I want to talk a little bit about what I'm forecasting into October, because I think I think there are a lot of people that are wondering what's going to happen if there's a second wave of COVID, right? Like a lot of people talking about potential quote unquote second wave. And what is that going to do to real estate? We've got a lot of people calling us right now and saying, I want to get my home on the market just in case some, some shit hits the fan. Right. Um, So here's what I believe is going to happen. I believe based on the supply and demand, and I'm talking again for our prime trade areas, uh, which predominantly are, all of Peel region, Mississauga, uh, Brampton, Caledon, um, all of Halton region, Milton, um, Oakville, Burlington. We're doing a lot of business in the Hamilton and Wellington regions as well. Um, and that's predominantly our trade area. Um, I believe the demand is still so strong and the supply, even though the supply is a little bit higher right now, the supply is still relatively low. So the activity and the continual increase on prices is going to continue. However, I believe that the market is very susceptible to change based on what is going to happen in schools. If schools start shutting down, and I believe that they will, I believe that in a few weeks, we're going to start seeing some schools shut down and it's going to force the school boards to make decisions and the governments to make decisions on whether or not to keep schools open for um, in-class or in-person classrooms. And I believe that's going to dictate what happens in the real estate market a little bit. Because if all of a sudden kids have to now be at home uh, for in-home schooling um, or no school at all, like we had throughout the spring and summer, um, it's going to force a lot of people again to work from home, be tied down, maybe go go into a bit of a quarantine again. Who knows? The government might even say, hey, we got to shut more things down. It's already happening, right? So I believe that's going to correlate with the real estate market. But what we're going to see potentially is the same thing that we saw in March and April. I don't think there's going to be a pullback on prices. I don't think there's going to be a pullback on uh, the potential demand. What I think is going to happen is that there might be a pause in the market maybe for a few weeks. And then again, there's going to be a little bit of a lack of supply and people go back on the market. And then all of a sudden it's going to ramp up the demand. So I think between now and the end of the year, we're going to see the prices go up another few percent. Um, But there could be some peaks and valleys uh, through in it. All in all, um, we are in an area where the real estate is still high demand and low supply and that bodes well for investing. Yes. I, I agree with some and I disagree with others. I do not think schools will close. I would be very surprised. I mean, I'm open-minded, but I would do not think they will. I don't think the economy could sustain it. People need to work. And if people, kids are not at school, people are not working. And I just think it's not going to happen. 
well, the percentage of people without uh, uh, children, that percentage of the population is going to be lucky because they'll have a lot of jobs available for them. But I think also a lot of people are now accustomed to working from home. I think um, a lot of people are not working though. They're at home, not working. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, that's what has happened. I don't suspect so. We'll see. Let's get on to the topic. Come on. Pools, 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 pools. So the, uh, uh, the wanna... nice, the interesting thing with this conversation now is, and I don't know if it's me or you, but you're very choppy. Yeah, you. Um, I don't know what Wi-Fi I'm on. I'm on the good one. Um, it's an interesting time of year for pools because pools have been a hot commodity all year. And now people are buying pools that will be closed when they move in. So one topic of conversation is um, how do we ensure that the pool is working when we close? Now, most houses, you're still uh, quite often in competition. You've got multiple offers. It's not likely that a seller will accept a clause that says there's a pool holdback, which is where money is held in reserve for any repairs that might be due when the pool is opened in the spring. Um, So what do you do? You open the topic and now you're asking me, okay, well, well I, I, here, here's, I can, I can here's, continue. Here's my first comment on what you just said. A pool holdback clause should be a part of your negotiation strategy. And if a seller is unwilling to accept it, it probably means you're buying the home at a, uh, at a good valuation. If they are willing to accept it, it might mean that you are overpaying a little bit and they're willing to, to give a bit of that back. Um, so in either circumstance, you should probably be happy because if they've accepted the offer uh, without the pool holdback clause, it probably means you're getting a good deal. If they've accepted the pool holdback clause, you're still getting the house and you've got some money in reserve to... Um, protect you. And what that pool holdback clause is, is usually is a few thousand bucks, depending on the pool, the size of the home, the price of the home, all of that. But let's call it 1500 to $4,000. That's kind of the spread, maybe on average thousand to five, maybe, um, depending on um, the age of the pool and whatnot. So the lawyer keeps that money in trust until the pool is opened. And typically the clause will say some professional has to come in and open it and inspect it. And if there's any any issues, any problems, any deficiencies with that pool, uh, that money then basically pays for those. And if there's a reserve left after those repairs, it goes back to the seller. Um, Oftentimes everything's okay with the pool because people are using it. Most people hire professionals to open and close it. And visually, even to a common person, you can see the age and condition of a lot of the pool equipment and the pool itself, right? You can tell, is the liner in need of replacement? Um, what, how old is the pool heater, the, you know, the, the pump, um, and all of those things. So I don't put too much value in the pool holdback clause, but what I do put value in is if you're going to buy a pool home, home with a pool now in September, October, usually, I don't know why I've got some allergies happening this morning. Sorry. Um, Usually, 
pools are closed between COVID. kind of Thanksgiving. You've got, you've got the COVID. And you're a dick. Um, usually pools are closed between Thanksgiving and kind of the end of October would be the last for most people. People are doing it now. I can't get, I can't get a pool company in to do an inspection because everybody's closing pools and trying to finish building their pools. Yes. Um, so you got to do that visual inspection. You got to just see, you know, how does it look? But an important part of that process is that actually is a visual inspection. That's correct. <laughs> hey, so I was chatting You're with, being the, pool to me today. I was chatting with uh, the pool company let, yesterday. Let me finish. So part of, part of the process is to actually have that conversation with the seller and try and get some documentation. So yeah. has the pool been opened and closed on a regular basis by a professional pool company? And can you provide um, an invoice that we can see that it was done professionally? Um, and having that conversation, when was the liner replaced or, you know, when was the um, pump serviced or replaced the, the heater serviced or replaced? Like what are the age of these things? Are there any current deficiencies that we should know about? Um, you know, a lot of times you'll get that information. And then the other side of that process is just, it's the same thing as having a home inspection, especially now, because a lot of homes are being sold without that clause. So you don't have the ability to inspect the homes. You're doing that visual inspection. And then you just have to decide what is that potential cost of repair. So if we don't have an inspection completed and there is no holdback clause that allows for some money in reserve to pay for potential issues, what's the worst that can happen? And what is that going to cost me? So if I, if the, if the pump is shit and doesn't work when we open up the pool in the springtime or summertime, how much is that going to cost? How much does the pool heater cost? What it would it cost to replace the liner or to refinish the concrete if it's concrete pool or the pool surround or the pool cover? Right. What do all of those things cost? Educate yourself because that's no different than, you know, replacing a roof or a furnace or an AC at some point. Those mechanical components and those components that protect your pool and whatnot, they will have to be replaced. It's just a question of whether or not it's now or in the future. And if it's in the future, how long is that future, right? Yes, I agree. And uh, one thing that I, I was going to uh, throw at you to get your opinion on was in, so I've been including clauses. It's the last two houses I assisted people with buying in the last week, both had pools and they're both open pools right now, but they're closing in the winter. So they will be closed when they move in. So we included a, close, a clause to say that the pool will be professionally closed, yada, 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 before closing. Um, there was also a condition and they're saying that much like the warranty clause we have in for included chattels, we had a warranty clause in for pools saying that the pool will be in good working order, yada, 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 yada. So, but you can't test the pool at that point. So what are your thoughts on using a buyer revisit to bring an inspector to do a visual inspection on the pool, even if there was no inspection clause per se for the house? Technically, you cannot have an inspection at that point. And if I was the listing agent, I wouldn't allow it. Depends on the clause and how it's worded. 
Which clause are you referring to? The revisit clause? The revisit. Yes. So if you build into the revisit that it allows for contractors, inspectors, yada, yada, then the seller can't say no. Um, but if your revisit clause says uh, allows the buyers to come back and says nothing about inspectors or contractors, uh, that's a no-no. And if I was the listing agent, um, I wouldn't allow it. Uh, if I was the sellers, I wouldn't allow it. Um, but if you're not allowing a, a pool inspection uh, at that point, and you've agreed that the pool is going to be in good working order, immediately the red flags for me as a buyer and a buyer's agent are going to start going off saying, well, what the fuck is wrong with this pool then? Right. How, how am I supposed to prove that everything's in good working order? And if the pool isn't going to be open for another seven, eight months, which happens in this country, um, then, you know, what's, what's the seller to say then that it wasn't the buyer's fault or it happened over the winter or whatever goes wrong with it didn't happen in between the period of closing and um, uh, closing on the home and then opening of the pool six, seven months later. So you're in a very, very big gray area and um, you got to get permission. It happened to me once. I sold a home in Guelph. Uh, it was one of our listings, uh, I believe, in 2019. Oh, no, it was early 2020. And um, during the revisit, uh, because we do have the camera that we install to yeah. watch who's coming in and out of the house, I noticed that the at the revisit, the buyers were there the buyer's agent was there and then some other dude who was this dude was it a, a parent home it was a home inspector oh and he was doing now they dubbed him as a close friend right. but he he was clearly doing a home inspection because the and and I was I let it go while they were all there I let the sellers know um, and actually it was the sellers that brought it to my immediate attention because they drove by and saw a fourth person and they were like, who's the fourth person? So I let it go until the end of the visit. But during the visit, the buyer's agent said, um, oh, the receptacle in, I can't remember, I think above the uh, kitchen counter isn't working. Is that going to be, please make sure they repair that prior to closing. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I know our team have receptacle testers and we use them, but nobody else does. No other realtor goes around testing receptacles. And then I pieced it together that that fourth person was the inspector and they admitted it. And I lost my shit. Um, because there was no home inspection condition in the agreement. So well, first of all, the nerve of them to complain, one, they don't have a right to, they, they accepted the house as it was. Um, but the nerve of them to actually ask for a, such a small thing to be repaired, like let it go. Why are you making a big deal over a $5 electrical outlet? Correct. But anyways, to back to your point, um, 
you know, I would just talk to the seller's agent and say, uh, listen, my buyers really just want to make sure everything is um, in good working order as stated in the agreement. And um, they're going to bring by a um, pool company that they plan on having maintain the pool to, um, to do a quick visual inspection. And so they know what they're dealing with in terms of ongoing costs and things like that, whatever. Yeah. And, and if the sellers have a problem with that, they have a problem with it. And then your buyers just have to suck it up because, um, again, you're buying the home and the, with the pool and the pool is kind of as is. Right. Well, realistically, when you're competing stated. like that, you know, those are risks that you have to assess. I know the home you're talking about. How many offers were you up against? Six, seven? Six. Six so, total, including ours. So five other offers on the property. You're not putting any conditions in there. No. And again, unless you significantly overpay over the second best offer, they're not going to accept a, a pool holdback clause. So why would you significantly overpay just to get some money back in the future? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make sense. So, so it is what it is. Yeah. Right? Well, and you know, I've spoken with pool companies and uh, one specifically yesterday, just trying to coordinate an inspection. And that's when I found out that everyone is still, still super busy uh, all year. I mean, if you want to get a new pool installed, you're booking into 2022 now, but um, one particular uh, uh, pool company owner said, the vast majority of times they do visual inspections, there's no problems. Rarely do they need the, to do any pressure tests um, unless there's reason to believe there's a loss of water, um, abnormal loss of water. But um, he said the vast majority of time there's no problems. And if there is, you can usually identify that there's something visually. And then you dig deeper. But Well, the other thing that you got to look at is what is the condition of the rest of the property, yeah. right? What is the condition of the house? How has it been maintained? What is the condition of the area surrounding the pool, like the backyard itself, the, the lawns, the, you know, the hardscape, like the, um, if, if there's a concrete surround or, or any kind of, um, paving or paver stones and things like that um, usually give a reasonable expectation and an indication of what the condition of the pool and the pool equipment might be because somebody that cares for it is going to care for it. Somebody that doesn't care for it, you're going to notice it and it's going to be prevalent around the property, not just the pool. Yes. Well, and that relates back to, uh, curb appeal and how important it is to have good curb appeal because that sets the stage for people's expectations. If there's if if the front of the house looks like crap, people are going in with the mindset that it's there's a high probability that you know the inside it will resemble that as well, and there's probably reason to believe there's going to be problems. So they dig deeper to find those issues. Absolutely, and in every case, and I've sold a lot of homes with pools now. In every single case, the pools that were in good condition were always the ones that the rest of the home and the property were in good condition. It just makes sense. So now let's go on to the other topic, which ties into this is the demand for pools and 
the return value, the resale value. Because, and we've talked about this not that long ago in, in a podcast where we kind of talked about 10, 15, 20 years ago, people would say, oh, I don't want to install a pool because it's, you know, it's a money pit. We're going to spend all this money. We're not going to get anything in resale value. And there used to be big, almost like this gray cloud around pools because the general consensus was people don't want to buy a home with a pool. And that has done a complete 180 over the last couple of years. And yeah. now well, it's funny, the people I'm working with right now that bought that particular home there, they were under the premise when we first started looking that pools uh, decrease the value of a house. Now, I don't believe that was ever the case. I just, I believe the percentage of return you get on your money for a pool has increased substantially, but that's the perception they had. Yeah. So right now, If you take home A and home B, and they're exactly the same homes on a similar street, similar size lot, you know, features, upgrades, everything's the same. And let's say they're both, it's worth a million dollars for the home. If you go and spend, I don't know, on a million dollar home, you're going to spend probably $150,000 on installing a pool and some basic hardscape and landscape. Right, between 100 and 150. I wouldn't say basic, but decent, nice backyard. Yeah, yeah, nice backyard. Like you're not doing anything fancy. You're not having a fucking grotto in your backyard. No, 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 no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but so 100 to 150. So let's say you splurge and you spend 150 thousand on your backyard. You get a nice little patio. You get a really nice pool, some landscape, maybe a little bit of a waterfall with a light feature. You can get that for 150 grand. Yeah. Um, so you got now a million dollar home with no pool. You got the million dollar home exactly the same with 150,000 invested into that yard. I will almost guarantee you. In fact, I will guarantee you right now in the current market, in Milton, where we live, you will sell that home for no less than 1.15 million. So you will get that 100% return on that investment, if not more, because that home now is going to get multiple offers. Somebody's going to walk in that backyard and fall in love, and they're going to say, I got to get this house. Yes. Well, and here's the mindset and the reason and that imagine you can't get a pool installed now for two summers. Well, that's the, 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 the thing, right? Demand, you can't supply and demand. You can't get them. But the other thing is people are no longer going on vacations. So it's more feasible to invest money into their house to have an, a space that they enjoy. Like my brother and sister-in-law usually go to Costa Rica for two months every year, but now they can't go. So they instead redirected that money and bought some that's not going to last though like we're talking about present but in the future i mean you're going to be able to travel again no i know Um, people are people can't so there's well let's let's have a house that we can enjoy the space more so that if we can't travel we can spend more time at home 100 percent. i mean but even when you can travel there's a lot of people that don't want to travel like I know right now I would love to go on a vacation, but I'm not going to be doing that very consistently because I have 
two, three-year-old children that it's going to be <laughs> a bit of a nightmare traveling. But, you know, so you go for away for a week or two, but what about the rest of the summer? Like we've had a long summer, right? Like it, it was already warm in May yeah. and it's still warm in September. So May, June, July, August, September, five months where you could be using that pool versus you know, a week or two in Costa Rica or wherever. Well, and you think of a vacation um, and, and then now, the you take a family of four on vacation to Disneyland, you're spending ten to $15,000. Oh, fuck, easily. Right? So you, you do go that. You go anywhere. You go to the shittiest uh, uh, all-inclusive resort. By the way, who's going to want to go to an all-inclusive anymore and, and drink and, and eat at buffets? I don't know. But um, you go to a shitty three, four-star, let's say four-star a basic four-star resort in Mexico uh, right now, family of four, by the time you taxi, tips, a little bit of shopping, uh, the, you know, the all-inclusive package itself, you're at least spending, I don't know, six to 8,000 bucks. Easy. Right? Yeah. Easy for a week's holiday. Yeah. That's a lot of bread, man. A lot of people don't save that in an entire year. Right. Well, that's the so, point. So you you forego the vacation for a few years and you've got a pool that lasts you for as long as you live there. Well, and if you think about it, let's say 150,000 bucks increase on the price of selling price of the home for having that dream backyard. Yeah. Right now on a mortgage, that's about 550, 600 bucks a month. Yeah. And you're getting a return on that. You're investing that $600 a month. We've already established that you're going to sell the home for that $150,000 more in the future. But now the price of the home is increasing. Let's say the price of the home increases 7%. That extra $150,000 is also increasing that 7% too. So it's an investment and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to use it. Um, and alternatively, of- for those of, for those of you listening, alternatively, instead of installing a pool and nice landscaping into your backyard, call us and we'll help you find a house that already has one. Well, you know, much like renovations on the inside of the home, installing a pool and having all of that landscape and hardscape completed yeah. is a lot of disruption to your life and your home. You've got all of this machinery now in the backyard. Oftentimes they start working at seven o'clock in the morning um, and they're there all fucking day digging and, and hammering and banging. And then you got all these, you know, all these sweaty workers that need to come in and take a leak or a shit in your, in your uh, bathroom. Um, you got all these no, people they hanging install out. A porta potty. They wouldn't use your washroom, would they? I don't know. I have never seen a porta potty around uh, a home with a pool install being well, installed. Well, sure as hell, right now they wouldn't. Nobody would go into the house. I'm sure I, of that. I, I suppose you're you're right. Right now, um, I mean that's the smallest uh, part of the equation. But you know, you're you got to shell out 150 grand first of all. Where you got that money from? Is it a home line equity? Because that's where most people are going to get it from. Oh, people so now, using home line equity, yeah, or they happen to be doing it around the time they're re- refinancing the house. Right. So you're paying for it in your mortgage anyway. So, you know, um, you, oftentimes you're better off looking at um, homes that already have it. Of course, 
if you have some specific requirements, then it's a different story. But um, so, th- so that's the difference right now. And you, you brought up travel. The other part of it would be cottages, right? Like a lot of people used to forego buying a home with a pool so they could buy a cottage. Who the hell can afford a cottage now? And that like market I'm, is just on fire. The cottage market is unbelievably exploding right now and even going to explode in the fall um, because there are a lot of people that do have the money. And there's, there's, a, and I'm talking about waterfront properties. I'm not talking about just rural homes. Um, lit, every single good piece of waterfront property within a three to four hour drive has been built on. Um, there's not much vacant land that's waterfront. And if it is vacant, it's vacant for a reason, right? Yeah. So, um, but people understand they can't travel. They don't want to travel now or in the future. And what a better place to quarantine than sitting on a lake, right? At your, at your vacation home. So that market has gone insane. And if you want to buy something within a three hour radius, um, which is most people's criteria, you're kind of looking at three quarters of a million bucks right now to get anything decent. You might be able to get something a little bit smaller or, or, or cheaper, but not by much. You're, you're kind of 600 and up is, is your starting point and you got to aim for about spending three quarters of a million bucks. Yeah. Unless you're comfortable driving five hours, five hours. Yeah. Uh, four and a half. You can yeah. do it in four and a half and you'll get something in the 450 range. Right. Do you know what it's like to drive four and a half hours? I've, well, if to even do, the, excuse even, me. even what we're referring to as three hour trips to the Muskoka area on bad days, that can be four to five hours. I've done that. No, it's yeah, rare. But you, you, you don't own a cottage you you share a family cottage yeah so i'm you just have, talking about the drive though no no no. yeah but i'm talking about the drive too you have weeks that and days that you have to go and yeah i don't get on. to pick and choose yeah so i get to pick and choose yeah so i'll leave on like a thursday at 10 a.m and yeah. hop on the 407 and there's zero traffic. And then I'll come home on a Tuesday morning or something like that. Again, zero traffic. So you got to pick and choose. And I never go on a long weekend. No. Well, you might go over, I, span over the long weekend. Cause it's fun at those times. Yes, a lot of people around, yes. a lot of stuff going on. Yes. I don't like a lot of people around and stuff going on. Oh, I, I, I like, yeah. I mean, if it, maybe pre or post COVID uh, like if there's fireworks and there's right. uh, you know, and then you invite some people up and you go skiing and whatever, or, uh, water skiing or tubing and fishing and all that fun stuff. Right. But anyway, people can't afford cottages. They don't want to do the drive. They don't want the maintenance, the upkeep, the the work required. I would love to have a home with a pool, just get home on a, on a nice warm night, hop in the backyard, especially if the kids go to sleep, you get a nice cold beer and go for a little swim with your wife, uh, you know, and enjoy and relax. Kind of like what you do with your hot tub, but you know, you can't really swim in your hot tub. Right. So, um, and it's hot. Who wants to be hot in the summertime? Right. But you, you get more use out of a hot tub year round than you would a pool. That's true. 
That's true. A lot of people with pools have both. You have that both option. Very, more that option often, of having more both. often than not, than not, they do. And the nice thing with that is, uh, like when I went to the Scandinav Spa, I think that's what it's called. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you go for hot to cold, right? So this time of year is perfect yes. for that. You jump in the hot tub for ten minutes, and then you go jump in the frigid, cool Correct. water of the pool. That is refreshing. Correct. You've got that uh, kind of Swedish spa um, atmosphere, if yeah. you will. Anyway, so uh, homes with pools, high demand, good idea. We like it. You got to protect yourself if you are buying a home with a pool, but you also have to expect the unexpected and just uh, just plan and budget uh, accordingly. That's it for episode 98. If you have any questions about installing a pool, buying a home with a pool, um, apparently the kids want to come in on this podcast. I can't hear um, yeah um shoot us a message and you know what i listen to each of these podcasts on apple podcasts is that what it's called apple podcasts i think uh, so in my car in my car and it's a beautiful uh long drive to the cottage while i, oh, I thought you were going to say podcast. beautiful referring to our voices we have great radio voices. Yes. Uh, so make sure you subscribe and uh, you'll get notifications every time a new podcast comes up. And um, we look forward to hearing your comments and uh, leave us a review. Thanks for listening to episode 98. I am Ariel Cormendi. He is Adrian Trott. I am Adrian Trott. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. You got it.